0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest in the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your own inner tenacity to drive your career forward. My guest today on the podcast is Alana Raya. Alana is the founder and CEO of Etra, a mentorship platform for girls. Alana's a firm believer that mentors matter as early as middle school and works to bring girls directly into companies they choose to meet female leaders face-to-face. Prior to Etra, Alana worked as a corporate attorney at Skadden Arps as a, and a guest lecturer at Columbia University. Just an awesome side note, Alana actually followed in her grandmother's footsteps, who graduated in law school back in 1936 as one of the two only two women in that graduating class. We'll get to that in a little bit. And I'm pumped to hear more about her journey and her story and how she's leading mentorship. So let's get into it. Alana, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome, and we, we we just had a really fun chat uh, beforehand, and and I should record some of these because like people don't get a taste of like the we don't just jump into podcasts like you can't you have to like you know you gotta you gotta wine and dine a little bit before you uh, you <laughs> you get the show rolling here. Um, so so let's get into it. Um, you studied undergrad government and undergrad, which makes sense um, since you went into law right afterwards. But I would love mm-hmm. to hear what what was it? Did you like when you were a little girl? Did you always want to be a lawyer, or is it one of those things that you kind of evolved into?
1: No, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer from a really embarrassingly early age. I will say, um, most of my family's in medicine and like my dad, um, all of my uncles and my brother and my grandmother, as you said, was a lawyer and she was a lawyer when women really were not lawyers in 1936, Mm -hmm. Brooklyn law, she graduates. And I was very close to her and I used to just follow her. I remember seeing her in court. I watched her speak at, you know, large public gatherings and I just knew instantly that was what I wanted to do. So I think early on, I went to Smith. As you said, I studied government. I went to D.C. in my junior year, worked with Senate Judiciary. I just I couldn't get enough of it.
0: Was your grandma your first mentor?
1: Yes. Yes. And I actually love that you just pinpointed that. She was before I even knew the concept of a mentor. I just knew that this was someone who I didn't just want to be like. It wasn't just aspirational. She was invested in me. She wanted to guide what I was doing. She wanted to throw other examples at me. Yeah, definitely my first mentor.
0: It's interesting, too, because you meant that because mentorship isn't as always as overt as it needs to be, or it doesn't need to be as formal as I am your mentor, you are my mentee. It's people that you look up to. I mean, I look back when I was um, I know, probably about 14, 15, I had a next door neighbor, Rich, who was a business guide and entrepreneur. And I just saw him, he was working from home. He was traveling to China selling, you know, textiles and carpets and, and, and fabrics and everything. And I was like, wow, I was like, this is inspiring. And I didn't know it then, but I know it now looking back on it, that he was a mentor to me, even at that yeah. age. And I feel that there's a lot of young folks who just by nature of where they are in life, they, they don't know they need that yet. They don't know that they, they want that, that. So let's, let's walk through the process a little bit. So, um. When did you decide to leave law? I mean, you spent a a good amount of time.
1: I was there a long time. I was there in the early 90s um, and met my first sort of work mentor there, Nancy Lieberman, who changed the way I wanted to practice law. And she was just a fantastic and impactful mentor. Um, Then I left for six years when my kids were small and I was home. And when my youngest went back to school, um, went to kindergarten, I went back to the same firm for another 10 years. So I was there twice for long periods of time. And, you know, sat at the cuff of amazing mentors and learned from legends. And in 2014, my kids were going off to college. I just somehow felt like it wasn't the last job I was going to have. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do next. But while I had been working and my daughter had been in middle school, so maybe close to the age your daughter is now, um, I realized that she didn't know what I did every day. For a living. She just didn't know. And it's not like mergers and acquisitions is an easy thing to explain no. to a kid in middle school. But the more I pushed and talked to my other friends who had much cooler jobs than I did, I realized that none of our girls really knew what we did every day.
0: They so knew even mommy, when I was yeah. working,
1: they knew that I was out you know, somewhere. They couldn't put their finger on what I was doing. And I wasn't taking the initiative to break it down for her mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is what I do when you're in math class, here's what I'm doing. So I started taking her to see my friends in action with their careers at work. You know, forget law for a second. Let's go see what it's like to run a fashion house, to be an orthopedic surgeon, to work on Wall Street. So it was and just organic. You just it. started
0: taking, it was like, oh, it was like, take your daughter to work day all the time.
1: Every and day, was, all the time. Yeah.
0: And it just happened organically and, and we'll get mm-hmm. to it in a little bit, but I want to hit the rewind button for a moment there. Um, early on in your career, and, and my wife's an attorney, we mentioned that before, we talked about it. Like there's... Some organizations who don't have a formal mentorship program, young Mm -hmm. folks in their, in their careers don't know what to look for. They don't know how to find a mentor. They don't know that they, they need one. Did someone reach out their hand to you or did you have to raise your hand early on?
1: I I love that expression. Um, And I got lucky, I think is what happened. I was at the university of Chicago. In fact, I just, this past weekend was at my 30th reunion. Uh, So I was on campus and this woman, Nancy, who I mentioned had gone to Chicago, graduated in 79, interviewed me. And we had a great interview. And, and I understand how rare this is, but she actually gave me my offer in the interview and said, There are a lot of great firms out there. We're going to sit right here. You need to come to this firm. They wanted you. So, and then I worked for her exclusively for the first two years. So I got lucky. Skadden does now have a fantastic mentorship program, you know, and 71% of Fortune 500 companies today have formal mentorship programs. So if you're lucky, you get matched well. Um, but for me, it was it was entirely the stars aligned and I wound up in the right place at the right time.
0: You're, you're definitely lucky on that. So what advice would you give Young? And, and, and let's just pause for a second here. Is there a specific reason why we're focusing on females only, or do you open this up to males as well?
1: Etro Girls is entirely for girls. Um, Etro, the French word uh, for the verb to be, because I like asking girls who they wanna be. Um, I get asked all the time, where's Etra guys? When are you doing it? And I don't hate the idea at all. For me, it comes down to the data. You know, we did a survey last year, um, came out in October of 22, right on day of the girl. And we were trying to measure girls' confidence because a lot of what I had seen when I take girls into boardrooms or even the reason I started going from taking my daughter places to taking other people's daughters' places is because you hear about this confidence gap that can happen right around age eight, right around age nine and you know or even older you know 10 11 you see this confidence gap and i wanted to measure it we found last year that between the ages of 13 and 18 the percentage of girls who say they feel confident drops by 35 or 35 you percent know, and the percentage of girls who say they feel smart that drops by 34 percent between those ages so when people ask me why is this for girls i'm falling on the data right now we don't see that kind of confidence fall for boys
0: and 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 that's and that's encouraging, inspiring. And I think that makes a lot of sense here too. And, and I know personally, like I, my wife and I, like I, I, my daughter knows what I, what I do. She knows from a professional standpoint that I'm a recruiter. I help people find jobs. I help companies find people who need jobs and to fill open roles. She understands that concept. What I do is not hard to explain. She comes and she's been on my podcast a few times. She loves it. That builds her confidence. I'm lucky, but she doesn't really know what mom does. M- mom's a lawyer. Okay. What does she do? She does something right. with buildings and real estate. Okay, she's eight. She's almost eleven years old. She understands that. So, so there is a value to really understanding what strong, powerful, and I, I use the word powerful uh, carefully there, but confident women do, and how they mm-hmm. got to their point in their careers, and why it's such a, a impressionable age. There's plenty yeah. of organizations that focus on on college and and early career. So it's 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 important. So how did how did you get this thing off the ground? Let's talk about the early days of Etra.
1: So the early days, I stopped working in 14. I basically took 2015 to really think about what I wanted to do. And this mentorship thing was in the back of my mind. And I knew how much fun I had had taking my daughter and how much my friends had loved having her in their office. So my original idea was I was just going to build a website and take quotes from those amazing women about their jobs, post them all up as sort of an inspirational thing, and then put free resources up. If you're interested in fashion, if you're interested in science, chess, whatever it is, here are free resources and women who are willing to reach out and help or talk to you. And so I launched that in 2016. Um, it was very interesting, and I'm so happy to be on your podcast for this, is that we actually turned seven today.
0: Congratulations and happy birthday. Um,
1: thank you so much. So I launched the website and I decided I was really new to the space. I was going to send one cold email out every single day to a woman I didn't know. Saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'd love your feedback, good or bad. I'm very new in this. I would just love to know what you think. And if there's anyone you think I should speak with, would love her name too. And six weeks into that, Ariana Huffington wrote back and said, I love what you're doing. I want you to write for Huffington Post. I want a video of you with your girls. She was doing this talk to me series on video. So all of a sudden, you know, she asked for our logo to put it up on the site. We didn't have a logo. I took a screenshot of the top corner of our mm-hmm. website at the time, which was self-built and grainy and terrible and not the pretty website you see today. But for the first probably four years, that was our logo because that's what was sent it's, to Huffington Post. And life that is an it.
0: iteration. It's an that iteration. It. right? It's a work um, in progress.
1: Having that column once a month to be able to break down big topics for girls, let's talk about equal pay and break it down like it's a middle school math problem. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Make what relatable. diversity in a boardroom looks like and feels like and why that's, you know, adjacent to your classroom and decision-making. Having that opportunity made it grow so much faster than it otherwise would have.
0: I love that story. So was there was there that pivotal moment when you said, you know what, we're onto something here, we're seeing the value of it, or was it more of a, over a course of time? Was it like that one it aha story f- or is it?
1: It's a little aha. It was the first visit um, to Spotify, the very first company, the girls immediately were not satisfied with just role model and, quotes. And,
0: ha- and how did you get into Spotify? Did you, you had a, you know, I reached out to
1: someone I knew there and I said, look, I'm doing this website and the girls right. want more immediately. The girls who were finding us said, the quotes are great. We love them, but we want to go there.
0: Of course. And that had it. been,
1: of course, great. That had been the origin when I took my daughter. So I reached out to someone at Spotify and I said, don't laugh. Can I take 10 girls in? We won't overstay we'll see only what we're allowed to mm-hmm. see. You want their phones in their pockets, we'll do it. Whenever it's fine. And can we meet one or two women? It doesn't have to be super senior, but to mm-hmm. talk about what it's like to work at Spotify. And the minute and Spotify did an unbelievable job. We were everywhere. We toured everything they let them take pictures. They were on the stage. I mean, it was phenomenal. Of course. But then we get into the boardroom. And so here are 10 girls, they're spinning around in their boardroom chairs yeah. and <laughs> the women it was phenomenal and the women got to the panel and they said it's your meeting it's your meeting what do you want to know and that minute when i saw 10 hands fly up and the girls were asking smart authentic really unvarnished questions they were too young to say hey where's my internship
0: no nope, they, they wanted were, to
1: know nope. what's your favorite part of your day you know how did what you know you you'd be good mm-hmm. at your job what do you do walk us through it I knew right then. You talk about the aha moment. It was like the light bulb went on at Spotify, and I thought this is entirely what we're supposed to be doing.
0: That's incredible. So, so going back to the data, um, over the last few years since the program has been up and running, what have you seen? What's been the feedback? What's been the growth? What's been the, uh, you know, the, the some of the the non quantifiable results when you when you look mm-hmm. at a girl who's turned into a young lady and is in college and moving on to their career, because uh, you're, you're starting to have those folks graduate mm-hmm. through at this point. Where are they, and how big of a difference has it made?
1: That is one of the most exciting things about what's happening, because again, I built it for middle school, but now we're seeing that first class. They're in college, and they'll email me and say, remember that woman we met at Morgan Stanley? I'm actually an econ major. Now, do you think she'd look at my LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And they're circling back and closing that mentorship loop that's And amazing. every single woman is saying, yes, of course, send her to me. So that's really great, Girls are looking for internships at places where they feel they have a brand affinity. So maybe they went to you know, TikTok or YouTube or Google or the floor of the stock exchange, anywhere we've been. And now they're saying, I loved what I saw there. I loved that that woman had this amazing team. I want to go try work to work there. And so there's that immediate connection already. The other thing that we saw since the pandemic was that we've gone a little bit global now. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, of we couldn't we go talk to live anywhere. into companies. Mm-hmm. Right. So we started doing it on Zoom. People we have can't more go time. to Disney. Right. We can't go to Disney. Let's do it on Zoom. We can't go to Billboard, NASA, but let's talk to astronauts by Zoom. And I noticed that girls in India and South Korea and Turkey were joining these Zooms. So now we've got after school clubs, not just in the US, but we've got clubs in Canada and you know all those countries I just mentioned. And the girls have exactly the same questions. Course. It doesn't matter whether she's in New Jersey or Jerusalem. It, it transcends she borders. Wants to know. Of Crosses yeah. borders.
0: That's that's 100%. amazing. And and how is the program monetized?
1: Uh, it is, is it, not right now. That is something I'm working on. It is entirely self-funded right now. Um I wanted in the beginning to keep it a pure play. I didn't want any company that any logo you see on our website is there because they've either opened their boardroom door or shared their resources. So it's with not us. a paid there's, sponsorship. No, there's zero paid sponsorship. And to it's not a right recruiting
0: now. platform, you're not grooming folks or nope. girls early on.
1: No, and it's not a nonprofit even. It's a B Corp. So it's a benefit corp because I I can see monetization down the road. What I actually really would love and what I think is possible given what What's we've done dream? so far. Um, well, one dream anyway is that girls can sort of have products that are inspired by their work. How cool would it be to reach out to a company and say, our girls have an idea for a limited run product sponsored by this or these role models Um a thousand ideas about that where the girls are really heard. They're not just part of the purchasing block. They're part of the focus group. They're part of the inspiration. I would love that kind of thing, but it needs to come from the girls. So I can see that down the road, which is part of why I didn't make it a nonprofit in the first place.
0: Hey there, fellow podcast listeners. I'm Kevin Logan Jr., host of the Immutable Mindset podcast. If you're fascinated by Web3, blockchain, and disruptive technology, then you won't want to miss a show. Join me and co-host Adam Posner as we introduce you to an incredible lineup of successful entrepreneurs, builders, and industry veterans who share their insider knowledge, unique perspectives, and personal stories that will leave you inspired and craving more. Like Mike Aisogawa, the CEO of Web3, who shares her journey from being a Cirque du Soleil performer to a cybersecurity pioneer. Or Dave Schwed, COO of Halborn, who discusses the future of digital asset security and how the future of assets will be tokenized. We also break down complex topics into digestible bits, perfect for both experts and newcomers to the world of Web3. So if you're ready to stay ahead of the curve, subscribe to the Immutable Mindset podcast now, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So let's talk about mentors, because there's And and how to let's talk about let's talk about how to be a good mentor, because I think that for some folks, it becomes it's natural. And some folks, they think that just by telling you my story and how I did it, I'm showing you the way. But there's lots of different ways. What are some of those frameworks that you teach the mentors to really be a good mentor to the mentees?
1: It's an interesting question. Most of the women who have had sort of a mentor impact on the girls are coming hardwired to do it. They remember exactly what it's like to stand Mm -hmm. there in those high tops and ask these questions. So that relationship's already there. I think what they do incredibly well is that they don't underestimate the girls. They take the girls, no matter how young they are. You could have a nine, a 10, an 11-year-old in front of you. Is that the right age? Like
0: eight, nine? Is that like the, the impressionable age?
1: You know, to me, I don't think, I think starting early is good. I'm not saying high school or college is too late. I think starting early is good. I think if you take that girl who's scared to raise her hand in math. And you put her in front of a woman who says, yep, I was scared to raise my hand in sixth grade. I felt exactly like you do. But then I got over it by seventh grade. And now I'm an engineer at Google. And you should come meet my whole team. That's the kind of thing that changes. That girl's going to raise her hand the next mm-hmm. day. So I don't know that there's an age that's too early. I think it depends on the girl. Um, the girls that seem to be drawn to us are curious. And they don't have to know what they want to do. You know, when we named it Etra, it's not what do you want to be? who do you want to be? It's who do you want to be? Which, the jobs they're going to have probably haven't even been invented yet.
0: Let's talk about the Epic Mentor Guide, which is sitting behind you. For anybody watching this yeah. on the video when, yep. we, when we put it out there. Tell us what it's all about. What's the, the purpose and who's the audience?
1: So this was the second book. I did a book in 2019 that um, was aimed at sort of the middle school set. This is aimed at the high school, college, and graduate set. And it came about because during COVID, we couldn't go into companies. No. So I just started having girls send me questions. Just, we can't go ask them live, but send them to me. I'll try to get them answered. So girls were sending in questions. How do I get my art scene at Pixar? And I said, well, let's ask a woman at Pixar. How do you get an internship at SpaceX? Let's ask a woman at SpaceX. And when we crossed 100 women who were participating, it, it became a book. So it has 180 women answering direct questions from girls oh, that- across the globe, Really specific girls who are eyeing and entering the workforce. Questions like you know being prepared for internships. What can I ask in an interview? Um, do I really need a cover letter? And different companies have different answers. But the women who participated, it it blew my mind. It was like Christmas every single day. Opening my email to see who said yes.
0: I, I love the, the the positive side of it, but I, I want to dip I want to dip a little into the dark side a little bit. Are girls putting out questions these days around? Um, discrimination um gender sexual equity um what are you seeing and feeling like these young girls I mean they're exposed to it they know so many things like it blows my mm-hmm. mind what my 11 year old knows I'm like yeah. I didn't I didn't know anything about that till I was at least 14 or 15' <laughs> I
1: totally they're exp- agree.
0: right they're exposed to things that we never were at, at, at a young age and and instead of resisting it we lean into it we have these mm-hmm. conversations but what are some of the and these are tough conversations what are some of the tough conversations mm-hmm. you're having if you wouldn't mind sharing
1: no uh, inclusivity was a huge uh, focus of a mm-hmm. lot of questions they were asking it in the context of the workplace so how do i know when a firm says they value diversity equity inclusion how do i know what should i yeah, be Are they just saying it is out? it is it just lip right. service
0: or is it real is it just uh, a, a phrase that they need to put on their website because they have to like right. ha- how is it real
1: and so women were answering they were saying these are the three questions mm-hmm. i would ask in an interview and then I would be proactive. It's not just what are you doing so far, but if I come to your firm, how can I help you further these goals? Which I thought was a really great answer, not just asking about the framework of the scaffolding that exists, but how can I contribute done? to it and build it higher? Um, there were questions about you know racial bias. There were questions about age discrimination, gender discrimination. And most of the women in the book were the first for something. You know, the first black female hockey player with the NHL, the first... Um, woman, the mom in space—they were the first, and so they could really just reflect honestly and say, "This is what it felt like." They and the pioneers. They were the pioneers, they, they and were the they're pioneers. talking to the next generation of pioneers, which was fulfilling for both sides.
0: Let's let's dig into confidence a little bit. Confidence is something that's a it's a it's a it's a hot topic uh, for mm-hmm. for me and my daughter, and we're lucky that my daughter has an insane level of confidence. But sometimes I look at, at some of her friends and uh, other girls her age, and it, and it's tough. Some girls yeah. have it built in naturally. So if we get into the nature versus nurture conversation. Um, I personally think that my daughter, if I look at the DNA of my wife and I, we are both very confident and, and secure for the most part. We also give her the tools to be confident. We encourage her. How do you, how do you build confidence with, 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 with the, the kids? And then what are you doing with the parents? Let's talk about parent mentorship as well, too, on that side, because that's an extremely, if not more important, critical component.
1: It is. It is. They're both great points. In the survey I was talking about before, 86% of the girls surveyed said they'd be more confident with a mentor. And in areas like finance, that number went up to 93%, saying if they knew they had a mentor at their back, they would be more confident. They would try for scarier goals. Maybe they would enter that science fair, they would try out for that varsity team. So some of it, I think, is having someone in your corner, and that can be anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, as grownups, we think about mentors like it's only in a professional mm-hmm. context.
0: Life but a coach
1: can be a mentor, a parent can be a mentor, a peer, an older sister. Um, mentors can come from anywhere and it doesn't necessarily have to be this lifelong or career long mentorship. You can have mentor moments.
0: It could be transactional moments. I like that. I like mentor moments. Mm-hmm. And, and, mo- and mentors, one thing I always say, I have mentors that are really close to me that I engage with, you know, almost daily, weekly. And then I have mentors from afar, folks that yep. I look up to and see how they're doing and how they're living their life.
1: Mm-hmm. And those moments are, you know, they can last a long time. Mentorship right moments. before COVID mm-hmm. hit, we, um, we did an event in LA with Tyra Banks. She was Nine West's um, spokeswoman of the Mm -hmm. year. Nine West reached out and said, she wants to have a meeting with 10 of your girls. We did it in LA. It was one hour. And she spoke to them about what it was like to be a model at the time when she was a model, what she's doing now with entrepreneurship, how she felt different and how casting agents dealt with her. It was one hour. Those girls are still talking about it.
0: It was a mentor
1: moment. So I think, and when you talk about parents, You have obviously a lifetime of mentor moments with your kids, but they are watching and they're absorbing how you deal with people you're mentoring or people who are your mentors. They're watching. I think during the pandemic, and you know, certainly I saw this with girls and their moms. Maybe they knew what their moms did, but they saw it up close and personal because mom was working in the kitchen. They heard Mm. her on conference calls, they saw her dealing with her peers and her colleagues and her clients. And, you know, moms were meeting the moment working from home just like everyone was, it
0: was and
1: girls were watching and those were mentor moments that were brand new
0: you know i'd even think about that you know our our kids and and listen our kids got to see us working yeah, They got to see what we do. They got to be around us. They got to hear phone calls. And we also had to be a little bit mindful of what we were saying and how we were acting. <laughs> yes. like, like shit, like my kid could hear me downstairs. You know, they hear when I'm upset. They hear they when I'm excited. It was a good,
1: bad, and the ugly. Yeah. You know,
0: there, there was a good, bad, and, and the ugly. So let's shift gears for a little bit. I want to talk about how smart companies are saving boardroom seats for for girls and women. What does this mean? And how is it being put into practice?
1: We haven't had a single company say no. When I reach out and I say, and again, the girls pick well, what the are you What are you asking? I'm asking for us to be able to come in. Normally, our live visits are in the New York area. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. So let's say I'm going to take girls from the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, all five boroughs of New York. I mix it up so we bring in a diverse group because diversity in the boardroom really means that. So let's have girls not all from one mm-hmm. school or one zip code. And I'll reach out to a company and say, I asked my girls, and 75% of the girls this month voted to come see your company. We need to come during a workday. We'll be in and out inside of two hours because the girls are leaving school and coming back. Mm-hmm. We want to see anything that you can show us. We'll meet anyone you can give us. We're not asking for anyone in particular. The days are fluid, whoever's right. free, but we meet women. And our girls want to ask about your company, what it's like to work there. And we have had companies do everything from put the company name up and lights in their lobby. We rang the bell at NASDAQ in January. I mean, the, the things that they're doing, are, it's unbelievable.
0: And, and, and how are young girls finding you? What does that process look like?
1: That's a lot of social media. In the very mm. beginning, it was word of mouth. But, you right. know, the mental girl puts something. Yeah. Or someone just saying, oh, I have a girl who would love this. Or do you ever go into, um, you know, museums? Do you ever go into hospitals? Like very specific questions for careers. I think the girls are finding us mainly because when they see someone who's been somewhere cool, they want to do it too. Mm-hmm. or someone's been in a book. Her question was in a book or she did a TED-Ed talk with us because we're yeah, a licensed TED club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what they see and they reach out and I want to make it what the girls want. I take my direction that's from awesome. them. I don't take them anywhere they don't want to go. And the companies, I think, know, smart companies know mm-hmm. that they need more women in the boardroom. And so they see this as a pipeline.
0: Alana, you're, you're obviously a, a accomplished professional. You've had a extensive career with successes. But what has been what has been the hardest part, the the, the biggest challenge uh, for you right now with growing Etra? Ah,
1: uh, it's a good question. And running it too. Um, again, the monetizing has to that platform has to change. I always laugh that I was an M and A attorney who went into this project with no business plan whatsoever. <laughs> I just it was a <laughs> that's how project. life works, right? Like you have to have
0: all this experience and like, up, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'll right, out. So
1: all of a sudden, in fact, we are the board so far has been all middle and high school age girls. And I love the fact that my advisory board is big and it's all girls. That's pretty cool. This year, um, you know, turning seven, we're actually forming a board of women from the companies we visited. Uh and it's gonna be, I mean, the companies are unbelievable. We'll be announcing it this week and next week. Um, because I need grown-up advice. I need to be mm-hmm. talking to people who are my age or older. And the time for us to really scale through schools. We've established there's something sticky here. We've done our research. It's time to actually put some money towards it. And whether that turns out to be investors or company sponsorships or whatever form that looks like, that's been a challenge to me because I wanted the pure play to last forever. And we're just bigger than I ever thought we'd be. So we we need to grow
0: that's amazing so there's one thing i had to ask about um you're the chair elect on the international space station u.s national (laughs) labs education subcommittee and i had to look down my paper to read that one so i didn't mess it up how does how does a former lawyer mentor and leader get into space i mean i love space i mean if i could turn my camera around you could see my adult legos here they're all the space station (laughs) the spaceship the, the the hubble space it's all over there
1: yeah it is an unlikely pairing you're not wrong um Uh, Our girls have a heavy STEM and space interest, Mm -hmm. and I was constantly talking to different astronauts, reaching out to women who work at the ISS National Lab, women who work at SpaceX and Redwire Space and all of these places to answer questions, and I kept pushing the resources into schools. And the ISS National Lab actually has unbelievable free resources for schools that a lot of schools just don't know about. And NASA, all of them have these role model, access to role models, experiments that can be done here on earth. And then in microgravity at the space station and a spot opened up on this committee and it is educational outreach. It's making sure that the right resources get into the hands of schools, particularly in underserved areas. And I got offered the spot and I jumped at it and, uh, I'm chair now. and <clears> what's fantastic <throat> about it is I may not have the STEM background, but I will fearlessly ask the question that I get from a girl. So if I get a question from a girl in Texas who wants to know something about life on the space station or what kind of medical research is being done, all I need to do is know who to ask and to pair them together and then leverage those resources and and bring it to her school all day long. Yeah.
0: And I also think there's a tremendous value being a mentorship conduit too. I mean, I do it all the time too. When I see see someone needs something from an advice perspective, and I'm not just talking about generic advice. But career advice. And I'm not that person, or I don't have the time or the resource. It's being able to connect them with that. So I want to, I want to, we're getting close to the end here, and I want to end with something pretty, pretty important to me. Th- these letters over my head here, the name of my company, these are my daughter's initials, Nina Harrison Posner. I named oh, I love my company after her. And I've been heavily involved in in my journey into the next phase of technology with Web3 with her by my side, and we're learning together. And we'll talk offline about mm-hmm. that in, in a moment here. She does my TikTok videos. She's, doing nfts with me and everything so it would mean a lot to me if you could leave her a piece of advice to just how she could always remember to be the best version of herself
1: first of all i love the logo i love what she's doing and yes i have people that she should meet for sure Um, i would say to her that she should always remember to raise her hand instead of lowering her standards and when i say raise your hand i really mean that in all contexts Raise your hand to ask every question you have. Don't wait for someone else to ask your question. Raise it. Voice it. You might be the only one with that question, or everyone might have that question. Raise your hand to volunteer for stuff that moves you. Raise your hand to protest that which you Mm -hmm. disavow and you want to speak up. Raise your hand to be seen, to be heard, and keep those standards really high. There are no dreams that are too big. There is no aspiration that is unreachable. It's not. It won't always happen but you might get close or pivot into a direction you never thought was possible. So I honestly would say, and I say it to girls all the time, but I mean it specifically for her because she has parents invested in her future, willing to put her name on the logo and ask her advice and do projects with her, ask every question and and just keep those standards remarkably high because if the bar is high, you'll clear it.
0: I love it. And that's tremendous. Thank you. And Similar. And I am with these two questions. What's the greatest piece of advice that you have ever received personally that you take action on every day of your life? You wake up a mantra, something you really believe in, something you say every day to to get the day going.
1: Um, those two are, yeah. are different things. I will say one of the best pieces of advice I ever received was when I was working from a mentor who said, raise the problems early. No problem gets better. If you leave it alone, if you hope it'll go away, whether it's a scheduling problem, a staffing problem, a structural big picture problem, raise it early. You just, nothing good happens if you wait. And I actually think that's true across the board. Um, In terms of a mantra, I want, I want to democratize access to mentors. I want every girl, no matter where she is, no matter whether she's holding down three jobs or caring for her younger siblings, because her mom's an essential worker, wherever she is. I want her to have exactly the same access to mentors that a girl who lives next door to that company or it's in her backyard has. So I think that's, that's my mantra. Stuff. I just want that door wide open.
0: <clears throat> that's that's a good stuff. And, and last but not least, uh, Alana, you look back on your career journey and those times where you had to dig down deep and you faced, you know, different issues and you needed to pull yourself up and harness your own inner tenacity to drive you forward. And now you look with gratitude and appreciation for this incredible career, this family, this life that you've built, paying it forward with, with ATRA mm-hmm. and this incredible organization that's really making a difference. What keeps you focused? What is your guiding light? Alana Raya, what is your North Star in life?
1: Uh, connection. I think it's connection. I think it's connection that starts with my family. None of this would happen, but for the family that I'm in and the inspiration from my kids, and then connection just growing out in circles. Connection to that first network that said, you're not wrong, this could be something. Let me introduce you to three women who might help. Connection from that first thing with Ariana Huffington. Connection that you make from one company and then she says, you know where you should visit? This company. And connection to these girls in these clubs in other countries. Connection.
0: I love it. Connection is what it's all about. Alana, I want to thank you so much for joining uh, me and my audience today. This has been an incredible conversation. Um, hang with me for one moment here as we sign off. everyone. This has been a great show. If you want to find out more, you could go to AlanaRaya.com. We're going to link it up in the comments, uh, in the show notes. You can also sign up for her LinkedIn newsletter and you can check out the Etra website at www.etregirls.com. That's Etra Girls, Etra with an E, not A. Mm -hmm. Etragirls.com. Alana, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. I had a blast.
0: Awesome. Good stuff. And everyone out there, remember sharing means caring. If you enjoyed this episode, Leave a review rating. It goes a long way. Remember to take care of each other. Uh, look out for one another. Follow us on our social media channels, at thepodcast.com. And have a great day. We appreciate you. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepodcast.com.